Welcome to the Artalog Podcast, a conversation about career paths in arts. Join host Madison Beale as she pulls back the curtain on an often mysterious art world, exploring unique paths of art professions with the professionals themselves. Along the way, she'll showcase the endless ways to craft an art-filled career and ask the questions you've been wanting the answers to. Layla Ann Marie Stevens is a Black queer photographer and visual artist born and raised in South Jamaica, Queens, and she's now based in Brooklyn, New York. She received her BFA in photography and related media at the Fashion Institute of Technology. Their portraiture is informed by their passion for honoring marginalized youth voices and embracing the fullness of Black life through the creation of a digital safe space. Their work could be described as a raw and intimate perspective. Through her early work in youth organizations, she's incorporated image making to envision a world of inclusion and power. Leila, thank you so much for being on the show. Yes, thank you for inviting me. What is Queens like? Queens is very diverse. It has a multitude of different nationalities and races, ages, family dynamics, backgrounds, It is the blending pot, the entire city, and is known to be one of the most diverse boroughs. In the grand scheme of the landscape, it is the largest and a really memorable part of the city. What's a typical viewpoint? When you're walking through Queens, what do you see? There are a lot of parks. There are a lot more parks in Queens than in Brooklyn, I find. A lot more residential homes. There's backyards and front yards. Short homes, there aren't as many tall scaffoldings and buildings taking up the landscape. Businesses and family-owned restaurants, uh, and that's throughout the entire borough. How do you think growing up there shaped you as an artist? I think it provided a wider aspect into what it means to have a community that is woven together tightly because you know your neighbor, you are familiar with the people in your community at a higher percentage than in other boroughs or different cities uh, across the nation. I think it provided me a greater landscape into getting to interview and talk to and photograph people that I knew better than individuals that might be from other boroughs or different parts of the community. What are some of your earliest memories of taking photos? When I was about nine, my sister was standing at the bus stop and I remember taking these photographs of her on my at the time flip phone 
<laughs> I thought they were the best pictures I've ever taken. And I said to her, look at this. these are so good. She agreed. <laughs> she made me feel confident about them, even though they were very low resolution and probably not the best angles. But at the time, I felt confident about it. I brought up to my parents, like, hey, I think I could take really good pictures. At the time, it was the Tumblr era. So everybody was taking these quote unquote quality pictures. So that's what they labeled them as quality. And I was like, I want to take quality photos. And got myself a Canon camera from my parents and started taking pictures of anything that I could. Was there any subject matter in particular that you gravitated towards at that age? Yeah, I mean, once I started to move away from objects, which was like the Tumblr subject matter, like markers and apples, random objects <laughs> water <laughs> water bottles <laughs> which is funny to think about I then moved to photographs of friends so portraits and that's my primary focus right now so mm-hmm. as I started to take more portraits it then was a thematic matter of these are my friends. These are the demographics and identities of my friends. And from there, I started to think about these these markers. From the earliest pictures that you took on your flip phone to the pictures that you were taking on that canon of your friends to what you're doing now, How did that style develop from what you're currently doing now? How would you describe your style and how did it progress? Yeah, what was interesting is that something I do even now is I would take a lot of portraits in natural lighting with the sun. I usually never use artificial or flash. And that's because I think there's a lot of beauty in the sun's natural light onto folks, especially darker skin. And technically, there are differences in the mechanics that I'm using of the equipment, but stylistically it is pretty the same I like to use a tighter crop onto folks face I like to have a really tight focus and closeness to the subject I like a lot of detail in in the hair and the skin I usually use a tighter lens And the style, now that I'm thinking about it, really has not changed much. I love that. I think so many artists talk about returning to their 
to the work that they were making as children as their best work, right? It was their purest, most uncontaminated work. And I think that's great that you still have that connection to what inspired you and what kind of ignited that passion in your work. I think that's great. And I think it totally comes through as well. So to kind of pivot, how does being Black and queer shape and inform your practice now? And do you see them as separate aspects of an identity-informed practice, or are they inseparable to you as an artist? Yeah, for me, these are intertwined. I carry both of these identities in myself and in the world, how I interact with the folks that I photograph, the ways in which I approach certain subject matter, and even the subject matter of assignments that I might be put onto, right, from photo editors, where the subject matter is Blackness and queerness intertwined. And for me, for my personal projects as well, I incorporate both of these identities into many of my projects. If there is one that is a little bit more prevalent than the other, I usually will indicate that, but it is at the same time understood that is the dynamic of my work and who I am and how I carry myself through the world inherently it is going to come across in the work yeah when you mentioned about you indicating the more prominent aspect in a photo what do you mean by that the project might be in regards to queerness or queer folks and that might be the emphasized highlight of that project rather than Black history or anything that has to do in relation, in direct relation to Blackness versus I'm doing a project right now called Clayton Sisterhood Project, which talks about legacies of Black women. In that project, I'm speaking more to blackness in comparison to queerness because the subjects in the work are of all different sexualities and backgrounds but I still carry these aspects if some of these subjects are queer or if I'm photographing myself into this project those are some aspects Could you tell me more about the Clayton Sisterhood Project? I began it during the summer of 2020 and have been working on it until now. I am currently producing the longer version of the project for my Magnum Foundation Fellowship. And it documents intergenerational families of Black women, what it means to redefine 
the term girlhood, womanhood, and sisterhood. And also, what does sisterhood look like, not in terms of gender identity, right, but of looking at alternatives to the patriarchy and the also emphasis on sister or sister in context to language and dialect within the Black community as well. Mm -hmm. And it is informed by a lot of Black archival photographs. So I am reiterating it in Black and white film and choosing subjects that are within my now chosen family in addition to my blood family. So what does my definition of family now look as a open Black queer lesbian in New York? That's so interesting. When it comes to using film for the project, what do you think that offers you as opposed to digital? It's more of a traditional homage to Mm. older practices of photography. In your statement, you mentioned about creating a digital safe space. And I was wondering, what does that mean to you? I think we are in a digital world and we look at our screens constantly. I think many platforms and spaces online are not held to honor people who look like me and to simply have representation. And so safe spaces in real life are not always possible, but what photography can allow is visibility and representation of POC marginalized queer folks online. And I hope that my photography can come across these platforms, regardless of what website it is, and be of importance to these people. Yeah. I think representation is so important, especially in media. And when you think about how many different types of people have been excluded in photography and just in historical documentation up until recently, I think it just underpins how important your practice is and creating that digital safe space in a world where, like you said, it's not always possible to create in the real world. In in your career so far, what have been some memorable moments? Yeah, I think the most memorable moment has been photographing the Trans Liberation March for the New York Times. Back in 2021, it was my first ever assignment for the New York Times or a larger publication, really in general. And this not only meant a lot because the assignment was so close to my heart in terms of the people that I got to interact with, but it was also memorable because 
it was considerably the hardest uh, career moment I've had to launch myself into. And, and I believe that I was prepared, but it was grueling in terms of a career pivot and change into the standards that I've had to hold hold for myself and it really pushed me so that was the most memorable yeah what what do you mean by the standards that you've created for yourself yeah I think I would not have in a million years think that I was at 20 I think I was 20 at the time that I could shoot for someone so large as them, right? And at the time, I held my standards pretty low as to what I believed I could achieve until I was able to meet that and, frankly, not meet it, but exceed it, right? That's incredible. At 20 years old, that is just insane. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah. What direction do you see your practice going in in the future? I really want to be more involved with the community engagement aspect of art making in terms of education, direct involvement as far as organizational uh association and doing more hands-on workshops and incorporating these two like in life real workshop aspects of a community art engagement and making into my photography and like journalism practice I don't exactly know how that will intertwine eventually, but I hope it will. What advice would you have for people who are hoping to become photographers or photojournalists? For me, I think the most important subject matter that I took away from first starting was identifying issues or topic matters that really mattered to me and thinking about how visualizing these subjects in your own perspective could emphasize or change the way in which other people can view the topic in the same way that you may right identifying these problems, these issues, looking at what you would like to change and how could your art be a tool for that change. I think everyone is capable of being passionate about something and evoking a change in that. Yeah, I think it totally speaks to the power of photography to create those changes. Layla, thank you so much for being on the show. Is there anything that you would like to plug? Look out for updated images 
from Clay and Sisterhood Project in January from my fellowship. Where can people find you on Instagram? It's your website. Any other ways to interact with your work? Yeah, my Instagram is at Layla Anne Marie, L A I L A A N M A R I E, and LaylaAnnemarie.com. Those are my main platforms. Thank you for joining the Artalog podcast, the show where we delve into the diverse tapestry of art professions. Follow us on Instagram at Artalogpod as we continue to explore the many possibilities of art careers. Stay tuned for more inspiring conversations with art enthusiasts and professionals about how they got to where they are now.